Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Due to popular demand and at the behest of the multitudes, we're coming to a podcast app near you with weekly episodes of the Tech John. In episode one, we talk about Apple and what we think may be announced at this week's big event, how it slowed down the rollout of its CSAM child protection measures, and how it's working with eight states to make digital IDs safe and secure while keeping your iPhone in your hands while you hand over your government. We also dig into the recent black creator TikTok strike, how black culture is driving that platform right now, and the bigger problem of representation without compensation. The money. Further illustrate our episode zero conversation about bias in AI, we discuss why Facebook had to apologize and take down this entire topic recommendation system after tagging videos of black men in confrontations with white police officers as keep seeing videos about primates. And lastly, we ask the question, can you buy a dumb TV anymore? got all this and so much more in episode one of the tag john with that i'm your host rob dunwood from columbus ohio and i'm stephanie humphrey aka tech life steph out of philadelphia and i'm terrence Gaines, also known as brother tech outside of atlanta although i shouldn't say atlanta people get mad so i say the suburbs of atlanta the burbs so so y'all since we did the DTNS experiment week thing. Um, we we were the first show that week. I think this is now three weeks ago. Um, I don't know about your Twitter feeds, but um, I, I now know and understand what mentions blowing up means. I, you know, I've always heard that term. I, I never knew what it meant before. But um, I personally, and I think the three of us have gotten so much uh, overwhelmingly positive feedback. Um, for that zero episode that we recorded, um, that we've decided to go ahead, uh, at the behest of many, uh, you know, who have been watching and or listening, I should say, to, uh, what we did, uh, we're, we're going to make this a regular thing. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of see how you guys, how, how you've been feeling over the last three weeks since we recorded this. Like I said, my mentions have never blown up in the nine years I've been on Twitter, but they have been for the last three weeks. Well, this should be a good experiment in and of itself, right? Because I'm pretty sure. People on the internet love you, Rob. I'm pretty sure people on the internet love you, Stephanie. And I get the same sort of love. And I think that's common in general with people that you surround yourself with in real life and also virtual. So anything, and this is me being a skeptic, right? (laughs) Anything that I say or do, hey, I'm trying this new thing, or hey, I'm doing this new thing, 
you get all of the, oh, congratulations, all that, you know, I'm happy for you, you know, keep plugging, keep working, keep grinding, right? All those conversations. So now we've gotten not similar. We've got more in-depth feedback, you know, between the three of us. We kind of talked about all the feedback, all the responses, all the comments we got that were helpful. They were constructive. You know, they, you know, gave us praise far more than just a thumbs up or a like, right? But this should be a real uh, test as to, you know, if this is content people actually want because we're actually going forward and putting together a show. So I, I definitely am looking forward to the continuous feedback that we get that we're actually doing something with the feedback that we got originally. And I was really encouraged by the idea that, you know, this wasn't something that people saw before or, you know, I'm not, I don't know what else might be out there that might be in a similar vein, but um, the appreciation for the perspective we were bringing to this type of content, tech content in, in particular. So, you know, I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here for the people. And, and if this is what the people say they want, then then this is what the people get. I'm 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 all the way down for it. And uh just from a format standpoint, that that zero episode, because we didn't know when it was going to come out, we recorded it fairly in advance of when it came out. It was we, we were not talking about things that were kind of current. Um I think what we're gonna do for the format going forward with this show is kind of recap the last week or so's worth of news. Um just so we're talking about hot topics, since we're gonna make this a regular thing, we want to talk about the things that are happening um, you know, relatively relatively close to real life. So, you know, we've just taken, you know, a bit of an opportunity to go out and just look at some of the stories that have been happening in the last few weeks and uh, kind of wanted to kick off with uh, some of the tech stories um, that have been happening. And I know, Terrence, you are the Apple guru of the group. So uh, why don't you tell us uh, what's been happening out here in these streets with uh, Apple? Well, so everybody's probably talking about the new Apple event that's on its way. If you're listening to the show, it's already happened. So Apple has probably launched. So sidebar before you keep going, did you do uh, okay. the did you do VR thing or yes. the AR? Did you do the AR thing with it? Wasn't yes. that super super cool? Because so. it was something extra. Because okay, give you a recap. Every time for the past, I'd say year or two of events. Apple, when they uh, send out their invites for all of the journalists, all the tech people, they are adding this augmented reality to where if you click on the Apple event, it gives you this little life-size augmented image. It does different things. Like when the spring-loaded event had all these circles going around, of course, you have to look through it through your phone. And it does all these circles, all these cool animations. Well, this time, they did something different with the augmented reality logo. So if you click on the Apple event, of course, you have to open up your phone. It puts a, I'll, I'll call it a life size. I call it a desktop image of the Apple logo. But this time you actually had to go and kind of move. And of course, if you're listening to me, you got to picture me <laughs> trying to show you how you actually hold your phone, go inside, quote unquote, of this logo. And you got even a little bit closer, show you a background. It's a nice scenic view. And then you get in even closer inside and it showed you the date of the Apple event. So that was pretty cool. Like I said, Apple is, they're, they're pushing this augmented reality thing. So that was cool to actually see something, them try something a little bit different to just show little animations with the augmented reality. So Definitely. that's what, yeah, that's what Stephanie was referring to. So like I said, you know, everybody's probably hype about all the uh, new Apple uh, devices that have been announced at the time of this, at the time this airs, but Apple has been doing some other stuff, right? On top of this whole, 
Apple versus Epic Games. Epic Games is what puts out um, what's the popular Fortnite. game? Fortnite. 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 Yeah, the, you know things are starting to progress with that. So, in addition to that, I'd say maybe a month or two ago, Apple announced a bunch of child safety features in addition to CSAM and what CSAM stands for. Child sexual abuse material. Right, and basically what they were doing, and I think the the Everybody kind of jumped out there in a knee-jerk reaction because basically what CSAM does, according to Apple, is they were going to scan your iCloud public photos on your devices that were originally on your devices. And if the images that they scanned on your, quote-unquote, private devices that Apple loves to talk about security, loves to talk about privacy, loves to talk about how everything's locked down, They're going to scan your photos and see if any of those photos match with a known, not unknown, not random, known images that have that are any way related to child abuse, uh, child sex abuse specifically. And then they would take those photos and then um, decide whether or not if they were going to actually, you know, target you because you had these photos. Of course, that kicked everybody you know, into, into, you know, what is Apple doing? Is this privacy, you know, and so much so that Apple has decided to delay the rollout of those CSAM features. And I'll just go ahead and read the actual um, uh, quote from Apple. Last month, we announced plans for features intended to help protect children from predators who use communications tools to recruit and exploit them and limit the spread of child sexual abuse material. Based on feedback from customers, advocacy groups, researchers and others, we have decided to take additional time over the coming months to collect input and make improvements before releasing these critically important child safety features. So I guess what I wanted to ask you all, I'm a father, you know, Rob, you're also a parent, you know, uh, Stephanie, you are heavy in the streets as it relates to uh, online privacy, online safety, online security. And you have nieces. (laughs) And you have have young nieces. So Mm -hmm. how do you feel about Apple's take on protecting their younger users as it relates to privacy and security? So I will say, I actually say yes and yes on both of the things that happen. I do think that they need something um, because we know the internet and, and the internet is, is a very, very rough and, and vulgar place. Um, but I also appreciate the fact that they've decided to to pump their brakes just a little bit to get some more inputs from people. I mean, I, I can appreciate all of the measures that they had in place already as far as, you know, you have to have 30 matches to, you know, trigger the the notification that this account needs to be flagged and and all of those different things they were going to try to do. However, we, we have seen time and time again um, how AI benefits some and not others and, and can be exploited and, and can be misused and can generate false positives and all that different stuff. So um, I appreciate the fact that they are using some prudence in in um, setting this whole thing up. But I definitely feel like it is very, very necessary. And I am I am absolutely fine with giving up, you know, some of my privacy, if you will, um, to make sure that um, child sex trafficking is as diminished as it as it can be uh, using this technology. 
So yeah, I actually, when I first heard this and it was explained poorly to me by someone, I had a very visceral negative reaction to this. You're not scanning Jack on my phone ever. (laughs) I'm I'm not allowing you to do that. Um, And to be clear, um, I have no problem with the, you know, the government, the police, whoever coming after you, because if you match up to a CSAM um, doc, you know, you know, an image, you are a wrong kind of person. So you, you need, you ultimately need to be dealt with. So that being said, I think what Apple did was they decided to do it a different way. Google does this. Microsoft does this. Amazon does this, but they all do it in the cloud. I think where the backlash came for Apple was that they're going to scan these devices or, you know, you know, scan this content locally on your device before it even hits iCloud. See, that's not what that wasn't my understanding, though. My understanding was if you have iCloud enabled, Mm -hmm. every picture that gets uploaded to Mm -hmm. iCloud will be scanned before it gets loaded to the cloud. So Mm -hmm. it's not it's not if you're keeping your photos local to your device, they won't be scanning your device. It's just in every individual picture as it gets uploaded to iCloud. So you will need to have iCloud turned on, um, will be scanned as it gets uploaded. As it gets uploaded. Yes, 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 yes. But but indirectly, you know, uh, Rob, you could make the reach and say, well, how did that picture get uploaded to the cloud? First, it was on my phone because I took the picture using my phone or my iPad or whatever the case may be. So you could make the argument that this picture, this image originated on my phone, which is my private property. So Apple indirectly getting it from the cloud that I've approved or enabled iCloud. You know, people are making those arguments. Again, I think all of the visceral reactions, Rob, like you mentioned, came from the knee jerk Apple is almost doing an about face because for the past year or two, Apple has been heavy on privacy, heavy on security. Pivoted their brand to be the most, we're private, we're secure. Apple, Tim Cook said, Apple does not want your data. You know, he said that flat out. So they've, they've really, you know, pivoted the brand to be this, this company of security and privacy and respecting your rights and everything. And, and this definitely sort of, you know, goes against that that grand little bit, little bit. Um, you know, you, you, you think about the cause, but then you think about the slippery slope that it could lead to as well. And well, see, I'm, I'm, glad that you, I'm glad y'all are actually still correcting me. Like I said, the first time I heard it, it was explained to me very badly. And I had a very visceral reaction. There's no way I'm allowing you to scan what's on my phone um, before it even gets there. Uh, you still clarify. And I think that's what Apple is doing. They did not go the Facebook route and put out six or seven messages about WhatsApp, about why what they're doing is OK before they actually realize uh, let's hold up. Let's let, let's let's, let's message this. this. <laughs> let's let's think about this before we upset Earth. So, uh, so, so yeah, that, that was a big one. Um, but, uh, th- there's another, uh, bit of, uh, Apple news that I was interested in where fortunately I don't live in the right state, but I think it's eight states are going to work with Apple, um, for allowing you to use images or not images, but use your ID right off of your phone. Could I say right. one more thing about the oh, season sure. before, we, before we leave? Um, sure. I have, I have read some rumors that, are allegedly from somebody that is a reliable source. We'll see what happens. Uh, we're recording this, you know, for everybody listening, we're recording this the day before the Apple event. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. But I have read some rumors uh, that 
claimed to be from a reliable source that Apple may be unveiling a one terabyte, uh, one terabyte of storage on their pro versions of their devices tomorrow. So that may be part of how they, they, um, assuage some of the fears around this iCloud situation. Because if you can just keep all your pictures on your phone, you know, and you have enough room on your phone to not need iCloud at all, that may silence a lot of the, you know, all of these visceral reactions that we're having, yeah. um, maybe, maybe somewhat silenced if people do have enough storage on their phone to just keep their pictures there. Right, right. And, you know, uh, Stephanie, you said something earlier that I think what everybody latched on to and actually was in agreement with slippery slope. Slippery because, slope. Because everybody, we've seen it time and time again because, you know, companies will come out and say, this is what we're against. This is not what we're going to do. This is what how we're going to use your data. The feds come, whoever come, you know, for whatever reason, like a terrorist threat. And I think there was an issue, what, a couple of years ago where somebody got, uh, there was a terrorist, a couple. San Bernardino. It was exactly, San Bernardino Sam, ex- Exactly. And there was a big argument about, okay, well, is Apple going to release these users' data because that information could help the feds or help the police figure out why they decided, who they targeted, why they targeted, all this information. And there was a big back and forth with well, to what Apple's Apple credit, was- they did it. Right. But the exactly. government ended up finding a different way. But but yeah, it I think when you're talking about these these global tech companies and, and dealing with the the billions of terabytes of data and the different personalities and human nature in general, like we're going to have to figure out how to be okay with letting some of this stuff slide. You know what right. I mean? Um, right. At the end of the day, it, yes, there, there are, you know, very distinct and discrete examples of overreach <coughs> Facebook. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, in, in some of these instances, we really are going to have to um, kind of come to grips with what these companies have to do to actually keep us safe. At the, right. at the same time. So we'll see. As, especially if people are going to start putting their driver's license well, on their iPhones and Androids, which right. is what the <laughs> next story that Rob was talking about. Uh, Georgia is one of those states. Love that um, segue, by the way. <laughs> I'm working on it. We getting there. We're going to get there. Soon we're going to be pros, right? <laughs> but um, Arizona and Georgia will be one of the first states to introduce this new feature to where uh, iPhone users, Apple uh, Apple Watch users will be able to add their driver's license to their Apple wallet. Uh, the states haven't said what they ha- you know how they start using them. I think the first example that they use was like uh, going through TSA. You know, there's ways you can put your vaccination card on your Apple um, on your iPhone and your Android. Uh, just being able to put your driver's license going through TSA could make the process much faster considering we're in COVID and how everything is backed up because of going through these extra precautions to get through airports, you know? So that was just one of the things. So I guess I wanted to ask you again, you know, what are your opinions on putting your driver's license on your phone you to go through things like security checkpoints, knowing that some of this stuff, this technology will eventually matriculate to police to other authorities, to other institutions who will ask for your phone to identify who you are. So Terrence, I know you have heard me probably on multiple occasions, or m- multiple occasions, say on podcasts in chats in you know, in message groups that we're in, there is no way on earth I'm ever putting my phone unlocked in the hands of anyone who can detain me and not immediately give that phone back. 
just never was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So when I saw the news on how Apple is doing this, it actually said, oh, okay, I can actually change my position on that because, you know, I'll let you explain the technology of how they're doing this. But you don't actually physically have to give your phone to anyone. I, for one, when I go to, t you know, through TSA, I don't actually like to hand my phone to TSA. You really don't have to anymore. But back mm -hmm. in the day, I never liked handing my phone to TSA to get it scanned. It's like, I would, no, I'll do it. I'll just, I'll just keep moving around. Um, I've even stepped out of line to not hand my phone over. I'm very anal about that. So tell us how the technology is working where you don't physically have to give your phone, give your device to anyone so they can get the information that they need from it. Right. So basically what they're going to do is going to present a QR code and then the TSA or whomever the authorities who are requiring this information will either hold it up to a scanner or they have a device that'll scan this QR code. Of course, that QR code is encrypted with information, so they can't necessarily see, you know, information off the top of it, which is kind of a misnomer because you hand your uh, state ID over to them and they look at it, whatever the case may be. But there's they have technology on their end that scans your quote unquote, your wallet or your QR code. And then that reveals the information. So like Rob said, you're not handing your phone over to TSA and they're fumbling with it, clicking on it. You know, who knows what else? They may try to do, you know, you may have some stuff on your phone to where you may not want <laughs> like, them look, to see. Don't, don't swipe to the left or to the <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Just look at this photo right here. <laughs> right, right. And then they take that information and uh, authenticate uh, whomever you are. So that's the difference to where, like, like Rob said, you're not handing over your phone, right? And I think this could be, um, you know, I was one of those people that was like, I'm not storing any personal information on my phone whatsoever. No, like I don't use, uh, you know, touchless N NFC, you know, to pay. I, I don't, I don't do all, I don't have all that stuff connected. So, uh, but as we've gone through this pandemic and I have uploaded my vaccination card to mm -hmm. my phone, I see the value of having this information, if properly encrypted, readily available and easily, more easily accessible than before. Plus, when we think about um, that whole Department of Homeland Security real ID thing that is still rolling out, they put it on pause for uh, because of the pandemic, but real ID is still coming in 2023 for the country. I think this will make uh, uh, make that process a lot easier for a lot of people. Um, and, and, you know, if, 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 I, if I trust anything about Apple, I, I do trust their security. Um, it, it, it remains to be seen again, you know, what they do to allow government access and, and law enforcement access to that security. Um, but I think, I think this is the way we're going. I don't think we're going to get away from it. And, and I think we all need to just, you know, suck it up and get ready and buckle up <laughs> buttercup. Right. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> I, I am, I'm all for it um, at this point after being so adamantly against it, because I just, in, in my mind, the way that it would work is that I've got to pull up my documents and mm -hmm. I got to hand you my phone. And that yeah. was just never going to happen. No, you can have my driver's license. You can have my registration. You're not getting my phone. Yeah. Um, the other thing I like about this technology is that you only get the technology that you need. So TSA needs a certain set of information. The, uh, you know, the, the police officer may need a different set of information. Um, if you are at a bank, they may need a different set of information. You know, it's not just all information for everyone. Right. Your QR code determines what they actually get. So that's even another layer of security of keeping your stuff private. So 
Um, I, you know, I, I can definitely do the about face. Uh, you know, someone was saying, um, well, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to have my, my information digitized. I'm just thinking it's like you did, right. you did a is. state ID or a driver's license. Yeah. You remember that picture you take? Is. They already know what you look like. They already know who you are. They already know where you live. This is not any additional information. It's just making it easier on you not to actually have to physically pull something out of a wallet. The right. only thing I will say is that, you know, because, you know, we coming from a, a perspective of communities of color, not everybody has a smartphone and not everybody's going to get a smartphone and not everybody's going to have Internet access on a smartphone. So, you know, where do those people get left, basically? Because at some point, I think, you know, we are going to be in a paperless, you know, very digital society period. And, you know, I worry about those people, especially in communities of color and upper, underrepresented uh, communities that that don't have this kind of access now, may not have it later. Like, how are we how are we going to manage all of this flow of information when you don't have access to the Internet? Right. And that's definitely something uh, to look out it's for. It's a conversation because, for a different time. But yeah, but it's coming. Yeah, you know, it's regardless of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I, I do believe that you know, state IDs, driver's license, uh, passports—they will still; those physical documents will be around for the the long foreseeable future. Just because Absolutely. there are going to be people who don't get it. Um, so there's another uh, story. We, you know, when we actually did um, our episode zero, we were talking about bias in AI and just how the algorithms ain't really filling us. And Terrence Facebook had to, you know, had to do an apology. <laughs> they had to apologize. Surprise! Facebook apologizing again. You know, black men labeled as about primates. Um, you know, by their AI technology, and it's just like, yes. Come yeah, on, so basically, so right. So basically, what happened is there was a altercation. There was a video uploaded to Facebook about an altercation between a black man or black men and the police. I don't know if they got into a scuffle. I didn't actually see the actual video, but. Underneath this video of these black men having this altercation with the police, the video Facebook, the the caption from Facebook said, see more videos about primates. Basically, what uh, Facebook was doing, uh, according to that information, was their artificial intelligence technology mislabeled a video featuring black men in altercations, plural, altercations, with white police officers and civilians as about primates. Of course, internet caught a hold of it. They sent it off to the news. They uploaded to Facebook and Facebook was quick, quick in a hurry to issue a statement. And their statement was, this was clearly an, uh, uh, this is, this was clearly an acceptable error, unacceptable error. And we disabled the entire topic recommendation feature as soon as we realized this was happening so we could investigate the cause and prevent this from happening again. So basically, this is kind of a continuation of what we talked about before to where there is going to be issues and bias, even in artificial intelligence. Who knows how this came about? Was this an accident? Was this on purpose? Because my thing is, black people and. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Primates, monkeys, we have a long, terrible history as it relates to being labeled or mislabeled as primates. So it is coincidence is not the word I come up with to find out that Facebook has labeled multiple black people in altercations with police and added the recommendation, see more about primates. So again, we, I just, I just found that and I thought it was interesting, almost like proof positive. Even if you could make some really reach of an argument around you know, we the 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 designation primate looked at skin tone and nose width and you know all these other points. There was still a human that made put those points in there and didn't say, "Wait a minute, what if this gets confused with some black people?" You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like like the, the fact that the fact that it's not even a consider, even if it's not an actively maliciously racist thing like some some little snarky you know person in a cubicle in, in right. a cubicle in his basement saying i'm gonna make black people grimy you know <laughs> even if it wasn't that the 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 complete lack of consideration whatsoever the fact that that didn't even occur to you to say mm-hmm. okay these three or four or five or seven or 50 different data points that we are are referencing to make this determination that we're going to ask this person if they want to see more information about primates the fact that you didn't look at any of that and say we need to make sure this algorithm does not confuse primates with black people is the problem is the problem that's just the problem because there's a history there enough black folks doing it and because there's a history there and that's just something that that's something that you check off the list before you launch before (laughs) you put it out there absolutely come on facebook i was actually reading you know you get sucked in the comments sometimes i did i got i got don't do that don't do that rob i'm I'm reading a comment and the person is saying i mean and probably in their heart and in their mind they really are trying to legitimately make this point and they were like well if aliens were to come to earth really and they looked at people and they looked at chimpanzees that they wouldn't be able to tell the difference and I'm just thinking, it's like, I'm pretty sure that everybody from Earth has always lived on Earth and nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Earth, you know, maybe there's a hundred that have lived on a space station. But other than that, you've pretty much lived on Earth forever. So why are we talking about aliens right. coming here right. to defend your racism? It's like. You, and, they ain't, and they ain't coming to use Facebook. They're not coming to use Facebook. It's like, if you have to, if you have to stretch to aliens, to, aliens. to make your point. <laughs> you know it's a problem. You dare wrong. Wow. You I was just already, like, you already dare wrong. Exactly. No, th- exactly. This is really a come on, Facebook. You got to do better than this. Come on, son. And- 
and, and, and they probably will, but it's just a, a, another example of and it's we ain't the there yet. We don't even get the consideration. We don't right. even get the consideration. And tech and Facebook uh, technology in general is moving at the speed of light. Right. Um, artificial intelligence is going to be a thing. There are there are too many Facebook users. There's too much information being uploaded, linked, shared right. on Facebook to where there will not be enough people on earth to be able to sit down and monitor every single thing that goes up on Facebook. So artificial intelligence, machine learning is going to be a thing because that's the only way they can handle all of this information being uploaded and shared and spread across the Internet. So Absolutely. Taking that into consideration, you have to do better for simple things like this, because if you can't do this, how are we supposed to trust you with all the other things that we want technology to do? And trust, you know, everybody else that's going to be employing this technology. Yeah, it's a mess. Facebook do better. Yeah. In in the last episode, Stephanie, you actually made the point about, you know, why this is difficult. It's because it's expensive. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. running these algorithms is akin to mining Bitcoin. It is an expensive uh, processor intensive energy consuming process to look at picture after picture after picture after picture. And what these companies have to do is they have to start looking at people of color. Uh, in, in more of these pictures, it's like, you know, you kind of just skew to what, you know, you look mostly at white folks. Well, right. you, know, you, you, you know, you have to make sure that you're getting a representative, you know, a representative and uh, and a data point from everyone else. There's plenty so. of data there. You know, it's, it's a bunch of black folks on Facebook. So, you know, <laughs> the data is there. Just do, just do better. You, you have to want it. You have to want to do better. Like the desire yep. has to be there. And it just doesn't sound like it is right now, unfortunately. And, you know, I don't know how many voices have to be raised and, you know, how many protests have to happen and all the rest of that before the desire gets there. But but we just have the, the desire is just not there yet. So. Sadly. This this next story, um, I know both of you went to HBCUs. Uh, That's I why have, I wore my shirt. Yeah, I have a child that is looking to go to one of three of them. Um, but I, I had to, I had to, you know, put oh, the story here in here. Here you go. Here and to make you sure, go. since you put it on your shirt, I mean, you got a rep. Listen, you got a rep. You got a rep. <laughs> I, I at least did an official visit to Howard back in the day, but I chose I chose to go somewhere else. What, but are, anyway. the, what are the What are the three schools your your child's looking to go to? Um, the HBCUs are Howard, Morgan um, State, and uh, what is the third? North Carolina A and T. Okay, yeah. good, mm-hmm. solid, solid choice. My sister went right. to Morgan, so okay. solid choices. So this one, um, Tuesday after Labor Day, uh, Howard University announced that it was attacked with ransomware, forcing the school to actually shut classes down. So um, if you don't know what ransomware is, this is where hackers actually, they infiltrate your environment and they can do anything from delete data to simply take over your network. And usually what ends up happening is that, uh, you know, they want you to pay a ransom um, or else they're going to do some damage to your network. And because of this, uh, they had to shut the university down. They, they were basically shut down um, for all classes, for everything on Tuesday. As of Friday, they only had, uh, I believe it was just graduate school and in-person school that was back. Online was still shut down. They still have no campus-wide uh, Wi-Fi. So this, this was a big, big deal and still is, I believe, a big deal 
um, at, at, at Howard. And I just wanted to see, this is not the first time this has happened to a university. It's the first time that I'm aware that it's happened to an HBCU. Yeah. And I mean, you just think about this. I mean, you know, they're coming back after the Labor Day break and school is now shut down for up to, you know, for, for an additional week for a lot of students. This is as disruptive as it can be. They literally had to shut their operations down. So I just kind of want to open up to you guys. And like I said, this, I picked this one just because my, you know, my, you know, my child is thinking about going to school here, but uh, yeah, this, this is a, this is a hot mess that they're in right now. Um, and I don't know if you can really throw fault at anyone, you know, we'll have to see the postmortem, but this is a big deal that they had to literally shut down operations at the university for a week or more. It's tough because we're going to I think we're going to see this a lot more. There there have already been 29 um, attacks on major universities in this country this year already. Um, So that that education sector is is a really prime target. You got very old legacy systems there. You know, they hadn't really thought about, um, oh, wow, what about our IT? Like, you know, you're trying to teach kids calculus. You ain't really thinking about, you know, that old server that the financial aid records is on. So um, it's unfortunate, but I hope this is the wake up call that that other universities, especially HBCUs, see and need to like hurry up and try to do something with their systems, because this is not going to be the last time we see this like this year. Right. My thoughts were twofold. (laughs) One serious, one kind of funny, but not really (laughs) serious. Number one, the last thing I thought was going to shut down a school was a ransomware attack. You thought in the age of COVID, you would think students going back to university, going back to college, going back to classes, this mass breakout happened. They got to send everybody back home. So I didn't think um, ransomware. I thought COVID was going to shut down a lot of universities. (laughs) Number two. I love my HBCUs. Listen, I already know you were here. <laughs> I went to an HBCU. Ooh, I, have, no. <laughs> I have suffered the trials and tribulations of standing in financial aid lines, trying to make sure my housing was uh, was substantiated, come to find out it wasn't. This is back in 1996 when I went to Tennessee State. So I can imagine... Oh. Out of all the things to go wrong <laughs> at an HBCU, I'm pretty sure that nothing has changed that much. Technology has mm-hmm. gotten better, but mm-hmm. the same old things happen at HBCUs. Kids struggling to make sure they're housing, struggling to make trying sure to financial aid. Trying to get that net check. Trying to get right. that net check. Cover. Exactly. <laughs> trying to get refund checks, trying to get all that stuff situated. And then here come ransomware to shut all that down. So like the the popular, the 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 not popular. But the thing that goes around is when white people catch clothes, we catch the flu. Listen, so I can imagine a ransomware attack on a HBCU that are underfunded, that are not don't have these big endowments, don't have all absolutely. these sponsors, don't have all of this money pouring in to where they could throw two, three, four, five, ten million dollars at this problem to hurry up and make it go away. Um, that not uh, Howard is and. One of the higher ones, but even still, I can see how this can be devastating to an HBCU campus. And like, like you mentioned already, uh, Stephanie, hopefully, hopefully, other HBCUs are taking note and say, okay, we got to make sure our infrastructure is locked down because right. something like this happening could be devastating to an HBCU that's already strapped for cash. 
Yeah, it's going to, it, you know, it hamstrings the best of institutions. Mm-hmm. It is going to cripple an HBCU severely. And, and it, mm-hmm. and it is just, you know, one of those things that you don't think about until it happens, unfortunately. Um, so again, like I just got to say it again. Hopefully other schools are, are watching this and doing whatever they can. There, there may not be that much, like, you know, you're not overhauling your entire IT system, but you know, hopefully you're putting some, something in place to, uh, cause I can't imagine, you know, you just got, they just got there. Like move in day was a week ago, two weeks ago, and, and you were ready to start class and, and had your whole, you know, thing ready to go. And, 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 and it just, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame to see this kind of thing happen. So Terrence, you had mentioned, um, you know, you, you thought it would be COVID that is shutting things down. Well, that is too. Um, let me put that out there. I, I have a, uh, you know, I have a, a very, very close friend who uh, just went off to, uh, I believe it was Alabama state or Alabama. And I can't remember which, what the name of the school is. But before classes even started, there was an outbreak of COVID. So you have folks who can't even start. I mean, can you imagine going off to school? You're there, you're in your dorm, you're meeting all these new friends, and you can't even start school because you've been potentially exposed to COVID. Um, not just one, not just two. There, there are multiple schools that have had, you know, th- this issue. So I would, I would just take this as my, ch- you know, chance to, you know, you know, preach out to the world. Please get your vaccinations. Please, Man. please, please wear a mask because you know this this stuff is real and it, it it does not care what your political affiliation is. It's it 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 is a real thing. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, like I said, I, I saw this and it, it hit my heart because, like I said, you know, my, my child, that's one of the schools that, uh, you know, she's thinking about going to. It was a school that was on my list way, 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 way back in the day, um, even though I didn't go there. Um, so, you know, I kind of you know, just kind of have a soft heart for Howard. And I just know that this is this is wreaking havoc, as you said. It's like, you know, you're already dealing with, you know, lesser resources, lesser endowments than, you know, predominantly white institutions. Um, this can take a school out. So I hope this does not become a trend where they're just going to start targeting not just HBCUs, but just, you know, schools, universities in general, because this wrecks, you know, uh, you know, you know, the opportunity for students to learn. Yeah. So um, this story is a little older, but it it made sense in in my estimation for us to come and take a look at it. Um, If you guys remember back, uh, you know, a month or so ago, there was a black creator TikTok strike. That just it went viral. It was everywhere, and it was, and it actually highlighted some other issues that were won. So, so why don't you tell us about that a little bit, Stephanie? Yeah, I mean, you know, we can we can we can talk about the idea that the story is is older all day long, but the issue is still very very re- relevant and and prevalent in social media spaces, and that's the idea of representation and compensation for representation. You know, it, it it's just not there on the right. Uh, scale for black creators as it is for white creators. It's just not there. So, you know, we can go all the way back to Renegade, um, which was a dance created by Jaliah Harmon, um, you know, right around the start of TikTok and, and blew up because the, the Charlie D'Amelio and Addison Ray and all these other white creators, you know, reproduced the dance and, and, and they were able to go viral where Jalaya was not. And, you know, you, and, you know, before TikTok, even, even with, even when Instagram was already paying influencers and things like that, I would have said, 
whatever it's a dance who cares whatever what but but with tiktok it's a little bit different animal because that platform is kind of built for monetization like the idea that every view is there's a dollar amount associated with every view and you could literally build a career and 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 and, and a livelihood to support your family and and whatever on this platform alone makes it a little bit different i think than just being you know an instagram influencer or, or somebody who posts on Twitter and, and has a brand deal or whatever. You know, I looked at uh, some stats and Addison Ray made $5 million on TikTok alone last year in 2020, you know, and, and Jaliah Harmon made $38,000. And you might be like, well, I'll take 38K. Yeah, but I'd rather take 5 million, you know, or at least 2.5 million or can I like, like some better percentage of that based on the fact that, that, you know, it is black creators content. And honestly, you know, y'all, y'all, listening can take this however y'all want black creators content is driving the tiktok platform right now you know that may change at some point or or whatever but but what is driving eyeballs to the tiktok platform is black creators content and the idea that it can be stitched and duetted and replicated and and repeated over and over and over again to make it viral for other people so you know we really have to um do a better job and TikTok has to do a better job with their algorithms and what they show. And the one thing I thought was really interesting, you know, because I remember the feedback we got about not offering solutions and just sounding like we were complaining for 45 <laughs> minutes on that episode zero. Um, one thing that I read was that um, TikTok does not actually timestamp your posts which makes zero sense because a part of the problem with this thing, you know, in particular is that it is very difficult to ascertain who was first, right. who put this out there first, who did the right. dance first, who did the choreography first that could be taken care of with a couple lines of code, a couple lines of code, maybe even just one line of code in TikTok's, you know, overall algorithm. So, so as, as a partial solution, you know, content, can be just timestamped so you can go back and look at those receipts and say, oh, that was July's dance. She did it on, you know, 20, blah, 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 2020. So that is one thing I think we really need to think about. But there, there's a lot of other concerns and considerations that I know you guys wanted to talk about, too. Oh, yeah. So as it relates to all of that, Stephanie, you know, I think some of the now I think what happened was a lot of these black TikTok creators got upset yeah. and said, you know what? What we're going to do is we're not going to produce this content a ball and go home. <laughs> All right. So basically what happened was um, the, you know, the popular song Savage by Megan Thee Stallion is kind of what the young lady used to do the renegade. I think that's what it was. I could be wrong. I could be old. But anyway, uh, fast no, forward to- No, that wasn't the renegade song. Okay, Savage, okay. Savage was a different dance challenge. And then okay. Hot Shit was the song that everybody refused to make choreography for. Because that would right. have been the next one that would have had that viral choreography content. But nobody did, um, nobody made any choreography to, to Thought Shit. Right. So that's what happened was yeah. Megan Meg Stallion came out with a new song and it said, you know what, we're not going to put out any chore choreography to it. And that took hold and that actually garnered a lot of attention because mm -hmm. Tiff uh, Stephanie, like you just said, we drive the culture. And we when there the was culture. no new choreography for this new dance, that showed a big gap or a big hole in this lack of content. So it kind of took off and it, it just goes to show, you know, um, the influence 
that we, you know, black folks have on some of these social media sites where, like you said, Rob, to where TikTok is designed to launch people as influencers, you know, for us to not be able to take a part of that compensation to where some of these other creators are going off, getting flown to LA, showing up on night show, uh, uh, tonight shows and talk shows Mm -hmm. and getting millions and millions of dollars versus we're sitting around trying to, okay, getting the scraps. We're getting the leftovers. leftovers. Exactly. Like I said, 38,000 ain't bad. Except for the person who copied you made five million. Exactly. Relatively. And and, and you know, they they invited Jaliah to to like the I think the all-star game with the with the yeah. NBA and you know, Ellen and, and some other stuff. But it really does become a too little, too late kind of kind of compensation because these trends, these viral trends come and go so yeah. quickly. I mean, literally every other day there's a new viral something and, and to not be able to capitalize off of it in the moment as it's, as it's being born really does um, severely diminish the earning potential for the person that created the, the trend in the first place. Right. Yeah. And, unfortunately for July, the, Oh, our bad, let's make it right. Is never as good as it being yeah. right. The first time it's like, it's like a return retraction in the newspaper. Yeah, that's what you legally have to do, but not nearly as many people read the retraction as the actual thing that was wrong in the first place. No. Right. So, And also what happens is I can see some of these creators who is like, all right, I'm not going to get played. So their wheels are turning ahead of time and they're already trying to monetize, capitalize mm-hmm. the art before they even put it out. That's and right. That, to me, and that to me, it takes away from the originality of the content in general because you want it to be something evergreen. You want it to catch flame, go viral, right. and you want the person to be compensated. Well, what these people are doing is like, all right, they're thinking of virality ahead of time, and that may take away to some of the originality of Absolutely. the content because they're already plan, thinking. You can't plan virality. You right, can't plan right. that. That's a spontaneous thing that happens. You don't mm-hmm. know what's going to hit and what's going to pop and what's not. And it really does suck a lot of the creativity out of the process. You know, like you mentioned, there are some people that are that are copywriting their choreography now. There are some people that are trying to um, use NFTs to to sort of sell it and brand it and, and and label it or whatever. And 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 you know that may be what we have to do to to keep our content our content. Um, but but it does you lose something in that process. I will also say um, there is a verified account on TikTok called at Black TikTok, and it is the official home of hashtag Black TikTok celebrating our creativity and our diversity. So, you know, they're they're trying. I don't know, you know, necessarily what that's going to do. It actually only has 67,300 followers as of this recording, whereas Charlie D'Amelio got like a hundred million, jillion, kajillion followers. So, you know, whoever's listening, let's try to get that black TikTok uh, account up so that these followers can get, you know, compensated fairly. Because again, TikTok pays on views. If you get, if you get admitted to the TikTok creator account, the TikTok creator platform, you get paid on how many people watch your content. So, you know, as many people that can follow that black TikTok account and watch those videos and get those views up for people and, you know, kind of just help that process along is we, we need to try to do what we can. Yeah, just going back to what you said earlier, they don't timestamp stuff. That, they, nope. that they just think- seems like, 
That's and, and really? you know, you got you got to wonder. Now we talked about you know is Facebook being malicious with primates or not? Is this a, is this a malicious thing that with no timestamp nobody can lay claim to to, to, to ownership of content? Because because that's that's the bare minimum. Every platform does that, you know, and it's the literal the bare minimum in how these platforms operate with with date time and date stamps for when content was posted. So you know, it, it we'll we'll see. We'll see. Well, well, to add uh, fuel to the flame, you know, there's a story I also added in there. There was a popular black creator named Ziggy Tyler. Mm-hmm. He posted a video of him walking through trying to add hashtags like black, black creator, you know, black art, all these different hashtags with the word black in it. And he showed in real time in this video, how TikTok was flagging his mm-hmm. videos, his subsequent videos as inappropriate content. So that just goes and adds to the, is this- The algorithm uh, ain't uh, failing uh, us. Is this a coincidence or is right. this intentional? Where right. wh- What are we talking about here? Right. Yeah. And, and I think on that, you could tag with white, no problem. No it was problem. only when you were tagging neo-Nazi, white supremacy, <laughs> all right. that went through clear as a bell. But just you fine. As soon as you put black in anything, then it's a problem. So yeah, it, you know, we're, I think this is an ongoing conversation. I mean, hopefully folks go, oh my God, they're talking about the algorithm again. Yes, we are. It's still a problem. So it's still and, to be discussed. Um, and TikTok isn't going anywhere because I put another link in the st- show about how TikTok people are staying on TikTok longer than YouTube. Yeah. Let me say and that, that again. YouTube has billions and billions and billions of users, probably has millions upon millions, even billions of videos. Yet these TikTok users and the people who are consuming the content are staying on TikTok longer than YouTube. So this isn't going anywhere. TikTok is a mainstay and the ability or inability for certain users to be able to compensate off of that, those stats it's troubling to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube knows this. They understand this. It's exactly why they created YouTube shorts. Where you that can only make these, these vertical <laughs> 60 second videos. They're trying to do something because they, they know. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, people Listen. are looking at one minute videos more than they're looking at our stuff. You, you see Twitter quietly got rid of fleets. Right. Nobody yes. even knew what that shit was and they got it and got rid of it. Like, like there, I think there's some things, you know, Instagram, like basically is Instagram because of Snapchat, but there are going to be some things that aren't going to be able to be copied and replicated. I mean, reels, we'll see what reels do. Um, but, but TikTok is definitely here to stay. The content's great. It's super, but it'll, it'll be interesting though. Cause we thought that about Vine and, yes, and we Vine, did. Is, Vine is yeah. gone. So for now, we need our black Periscope. kids to be able Periscope. to get money. Periscope. I thought Periscope was going to be around for a minute, and it was it was around for a minute. Just nobody used it. Used it, and it had to go away. So we need our black TikTok creators yeah. to be able to get their money. Run, run right. me my money, TikTok. Now, before oh, something else comes up. So <laughs> right, so, right. So y'all, as we get towards the end of uh, episode one, um, one of the things I want to do, I, I want to use the Tech John to answer. One of my questions. So I just redid my basement, basically just finished my basement and I need to put some TVs in there. Now I'm not talking about the super high end 85 inch screens that I would have in, in, in my family room. I just want like some cheap TV. So if I'm down there watching the game, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I can watch the game. 
And I've looked. It it seems like it is virtually impossible to buy a television that isn't some way smart, um, whether it be Android built into it, whether it be Fire TV built to, into it. And now Amazon has decided to, I guess, just cut the middleman out, and they are going with uh, their own line of Fire TVs. They've got two lines here. One is called the Fire TV Series 4, um, which uh, it starts at about $370. And then they've got the Fire TV Omni, which I believe is going to start at 410, has a little bit higher specs, is going to go up. But um, I want to get your takes. I know, I know, Terrence, you are all into everything Apple, but do you have an Apple TV on every television in your home? Or are you are you using some of the features on some of these Fire TVs and stuff like that? The answer to your question is that's a stupid question because of course I do. (laughs) (laughs) But, and this is kind of funny, but not really. You know what you need to get, right? You need to get you a Hasutashi. (laughs) You get a Hasutashi. (laughs) That's that's an old old reference to Martin. I just saw that episode like two (laughs) years ago. (laughs) But, But in all seriousness, you know, you're right. You will not be able to find a monitor is what you're looking for. That's you're looking for much, a yeah. right. You're not going to be able to find one because all of them have some built-in smart technology to where they're either using Amazon, they're using uh, Roku. My yeah, yeah, my TV's Roku. Right, right, and that's all built in, and they're not expensive. Like you, like you mentioned, you could probably get one of these TVs as low as you know three, four, five hundred dollars. I, I guess it's just going to get to a point to where you're going to have to buy one and then not use any one of those features or get you one of those super inexpensive, I want to call them El Cheapo, but there are some brands out there, no name, never heard of brands that will get you $200, $300 and you just not have to worry about the smart part of it. Yeah, but even even those TVs now have something yeah, in them. I mean, it is, it is, it is, you know, I was walking through Best Buy last week and I'm like, do they have TVs that don't have something in them? Well, and they do, but not. actually, the mo- it was the more expensive TVs that were the, the, just the giant monitors that uh, didn't have some type of smart feature uh, built into the TV. So, you know, just to tell you a little bit more about what Amazon is doing with these Fire TVs, as, as I said, they've got two different lines, the Series 4 and the Omni. Um, the Series 4 starts in 43, 50, and 55-inch variants. Um, the Omni ha- comes in 43, 50, 55, 65, and 75 inch variants. Um, and that, that also has like Dolby Digital Plus and hands free Alexa controls. Um, they all have 4K UHD, HDR10, and HLG. So these are actually relatively decent, um, televisions. But I am a Chromecast person. I think I have a Chromecast on all of the TVs in my house, uh, but one. That TV is a Fire TV. But what I'm starting to notice, that TV is probably two years old now. It's getting a little slow. So um, I'm probably going to, yeah, I'm probably going to end up adding a, you know, a Chromecast to it at some point. But it's like, I would, I would like to just not have all of that. Let me just put what I want to put on it and let it cost me a few less dollars. But actually, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. You're going to, you're going to pay less to have Fire TV or to have Roku or to have Android TV built in. And then you just have to add your dongle to it, um, to, to watch whatever it is you want. 
Yeah, definitely think that's where they're all going. You know, it, it remains to be seen how long this lasts. You know, um, software manufacturers that get into the hardware game don't always necessarily get into it for the long haul. Um, Windows Phone, <laughs> Windows Phone. Um, but so, so we'll see. You know what I mean? Like we'll see if their fire, the Fire Stick's not going anywhere. So um, they will continue to 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 have that capability but but we'll see if the actual tv as a device um remains in in amazon's kind of lineup so y'all that is about our time for uh episode one of the tech john and uh before we uh you know say our goodbyes i just wanted to give uh you know everyone the opportunity to tie and uh to kind of uh you know let the folks know where you're from how they can find you um, like I, said, I told, I gave my Twitter out the last time, and people use it. So, so how can folks get to you? Uh, definitely, you can find me on all things at Brother Tech B R O T H A T E C H. I'm again, I'm on Twitter, trying to get back on Twitter a little bit more, but I'm finding it's a dumpster fire over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, like I said, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Brother Tech. And you can hit me all around the web at Tech Life Steph, um, T-E-C-H-L-I-F-E-S-T-E-P-H, or uh, check out my website, tilldeathdotweet.com. And I am at Rob Dunwood at all things. Uh, Twitter, even though it is a dumpster fire, I agree with you on that, Terrence. Uh, it is a place where I'm hanging out lately. And uh, by the time this episode airs, we will have Twitter handles and Instagram handles and all the stuff for at the Tech John as well. So you guys are going to be able to find us there. And most importantly, um, we've actually had people before we even officially recorded our episode one who are asking about what is your Patreon. We will have a Patreon, um, you know, as well. So if you'd like to, uh, you know, you know, subscribe and you know, leave us a, a couple ducats, we're, we're, we're going to figure out some things that we can do for, uh, you know, our actual subscribers uh, as we move into additional shows but just wanted to you know let the world know that you know you you will be able to find us at everything at the tech john there will be a website as i said twitter instagram facebook all of that good stuff um we're going to be there um so this was our episode one and until we meet again peace out peace peace Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.